Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey everybody, I'm Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and you are back on another episode of the Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. So today, I get to be joined by a good friend of mine who just broke bread with a few days ago down in lovely Las Vegas, Ruben Pena from A1 Bizcom. Ruben, thanks for coming on, my man. Thanks for having me. I'm real excited to be on here. So uh, to, to recap for anybody that watched episode one of this and episode two of this, we talked to Jason Kaufman where we're talking about IoT and machine learning. He's really the Tolaris subject matter expert on that. Uh, and then we talked to Skylar Stewart, who runs the channel over uh, for sales on, on the Epic IO side. And today we get the pleasure of being joined by Ruben to talk about, from a partner perspective, um, we're going to go through some questions about this technology and, and walking through how it's changed things for him. So Ruben, uh, first thing I want to kick this off with is I love things that I can use against you later embarrassing stories uh this has really turned to be part of my favorite uh side of this show i just want to hear how anybody got started right were you always in this space were you always in tech or did you do something crazy back in the day and you had a windy path let, let us know yeah so i've always been in this space in, in the space of really problem solving originally it was on-premise phone systems and uh a1 bizcom is a company that my father started a long time ago and it was just him and me forever up until, you know, we, he retired. I took over. We started growing. But, you know, my dad would joke around that if you want me to hang a whiteboard, I'll hang a whiteboard. I'll do whatever you want me to do if you're going to, you know, pay us our service rate to do it. And we legitimately did that. So we were problem solvers. A lot of times our customers called us for things that were not related to phones or anything that we did, but they just didn't know who else to call. And so that's really how the, the uh, motivation that I had to really expand A1 Bizcom into what we did today and, and with Tolaris and the channel, it's a perfect fit. And that's kind of the path in, in, uh, in, in a very condensed 30-second spiel on how I ended up here and doing everything that we do today. I love it. But it's a good – there had to be a moment in there where it clicked where, you know, the, the customers are calling you for something you know you don't do. But the fact that they're thinking of you, you're going, oh, my gosh, we're front of mind for all this stuff. Okay, yeah. And they probably appreciate the fact that you answer. You answer quick, and you're creative, right? So one of the things – so with A1 Bizcom, I, uh, I do the sales. I like to say I do – I sell the dream, and then I have my brother, Ben, who makes the dream happen. Okay, so I just sell it. He's responsible for making it happen. And I have a very similar personality to my father in that no matter what you ask me, if you say, hey, Ruben, can you help me with this? I'll say yes. <laughs> Whether or not I've ever done it, I know what I'm doing. That's inconsequential. I'll figure it out. I got it. I can figure it out. I'm smart enough. And my dad would always tell us, I don't have to be smart enough to engineer it, to think it, to design it, to come up with it. Somebody already did all that. All I have to do is fix it, figure it out. They've already done the hard stuff. So I operate from, from that. And there was a lot of rub at the beginning with my brother of, man, we've never done this. We don't even know how to do this. None of our guys have any experience in this. How are we going to do it? And my response was, ah, they're smart enough. We'll figure it out. And all with the end goal that the customer approached us 
with this problem because they trust us. They have an issue. They don't know who else to go with, go to for it. So approaching us is the highest honor. So whether or not we have ever done it is inconsequential. We will make sure they're happy, whether it's two hours or 10 hours. They don't need to know what happens behind the curtain just that their problem was solved. And that's where we operate out of. And I think the channel, it gives us that ability to do that is when a customer comes with whatever problem they have, it's a matter of calling somebody like Josh uh, and all of the other people on your team to say, man, I, I might have stuck my uh, foot in my mouth, but how do, I, how do we resolve this problem? And, and that's really how we ended up here. Love it. Love it. Love the innovation, entrepreneurship. That's what has made any of these, any of the great technology evolve, get us to where we are as a world today and where we're going to take us. So I, I love, love the uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, IOT machine learning, you know, that everything that that encompasses, right? It's a very broad topic, but walk me through, how did you first learn about this technology? What was your opinion of it? Uh, and then we'll go, we'll maybe start talking about some deals and suppliers and things like that. Sure. So in, in, you know, going back to kind of the previous conversation of problems that end up inevitably being put on our desk, there's lanes, there's, there's lanes like phones, data center, colo, firewall, internet, backup. Those are all well-defined lanes that everybody knows what to do with. But there's a lot of other problems that are business problems that don't necessarily have clearly defined lanes. And very often, those are the problems that customers want resolved. Things around productivity for the employees, things around security, things around um, just alerting them when, when certain thresholds, whether it's propane or water or the amount of people, temperature, all of those bits and pieces that are business problems that are manual processes at this point or more reactive than active, that's what really gave birth to IoT and then obviously landed a lot of problems on my desk. So that started me reaching out with Solaris and doing some of the IoT um, classes or, or, or certification programs or meet and greet lunches that y'all have had in the past and meeting with companies that do that. And my devices has actually been the one that has the most broad spectrum of, of sensors and solutions for those business problems. And so there's several carriers that we've worked with in the Solaris portfolio, the portfolio that carry the My Devices uh, line of products. And that's really where I've seen most of the success. So, so let's talk about a deal. Um, you know, there, another common thread, uh, I, I'm on the engineering side myself, uh, and, and we're trying to solve things, right? Sometimes putting them in a binary, oh, it's this, it's this. Does it solve this problem? No. Then you go this route. But what we're finding often, and I think you kind of alluded to it, is that it steps back a little bit into a business conversation. So walk me through the first deal that you sold in anything from an IoT perspective. How did it start? What problem did it solve? And what did you end up uh, putting in place? So I'm going to tell you the deal that the person that I work with that's one of these providers gave me an example to get my brain turning and then what it led into for my personal deal. And for him, it was Las Vegas. Funny enough is there was one of the, I forgot the percentage because it's been several years now, but he said there's a, a high percentage of calls that come from people in the room to the front desk saying that my water is cold. I can't take a hot shower. And all they're doing is trying to get a free comp room for the night all they're doing and so by putting these sensors 
at the hot water in their room down at the front desk, they're able to see, oh, it looks like right there at the hot water tap, it's 102 degrees. You're saying it's cold and they're like, ah, never mind. Okay, bye. And they hang up. And then that amount of money that they were saving by not pumping rooms because they had these little sensors sitting in every single room, not only save them money on that, but if there is a legitimate issue of not enough hot water, they were able to see where the hot water stopped on the third floor, on the fifth floor, halfway down the hallway. They were able to immediately diagnose the problem and send somebody to repair it right away. So that was the example that he used that he had seen a lot of, of traction with on the hotels. And what it led to for me is I had a customer, I have a customer that does produce. Okay. So they have large rooms of, of refrigerated areas that people are working and it's very important to them that all the produce stays within a certain temperature. And so that was, that was the use case is to say that, that temperature is the biggest thing. And if somebody is walking around, whether it's a medical office that they have all of the uh, prescriptions stored in a refrigerated area and they need to make sure they keep it in a certain area or a restaurant where if, if the refrigerator goes out at 11 o'clock after everybody's left and they don't know about it until next morning at 7 a.m. and all the food is bad or a working area that is dealing with produce, none of the people there on the floor may notice the difference between 28 degrees and 36 degrees, but all of the produce there is going to go bad or be contaminated. And so we have a customer that, again, deals in produce and deals in fruit and having that correct temperature everywhere to make sure that everything is running was the first use case I did in order to deploy IoT devices. Love it. Good example of just thinking outside the box. And, and that's, that's kind of a question that we get sometimes when partners are, maybe they've done UCAS and they're trying to shift into cloud, or maybe they've done cloud and they're trying to shift into this space or, or, or whatever, right? It's, it's how do I pivot into that? What do I do? What do I step into that? And I, I love that, that thought process and that idea. Just think about how does this business make money? What, what would hurt them if they couldn't make money? What would impede that process, right? Or what could give them a leg up on their competitors? So awesome example there. Yeah, and you know, the bigger part of that, you're right, like on the business case, on the business side is, is those questions. But just on a human level, I feel like if you are just curious, if you're walking around and you see a mousetrap in the corner, hey, what's that mousetrap for? How often do people check it? How often do they catch it? If you're walking around and you see a big container, What's in that container? How often, what, what if that container went empty? What does that mean? What do you hold in that container? The air, it smells chlorinated. Are you putting chlorine in there? How much chlorine? How do you measure how much chlorine you have in the air? All of those are just questions. You're just being curious. But a lot of times when you go and meet with a customer and they're showing you around their plant, just being curious on, hey, what's that on the wall? What does that do? What is that thing down there on the floor? What is that person doing? What are all these people doing? All of those We'll just get the gears turning of something that could be an automated process with an IoT device that maybe somebody hasn't even thought of. And that's why I like my devices so much is they will even provide sensors that are open-ended. One of the ones that we've uh, done is a sensor that sits on the compressor of one of the refrigeration units. So if the voltage starts spiking on the compressor, we can tell that that compressor is on its way out. And so we can have the replacement compressor put in there before the refrigerator fails. Instead of just having a sensor on the refrigerated area to see the spike up, then we call a service call, they rush out here, and we have who knows how much of a window 
we see him and this compressor is one month away from frying. Let's put a new one out here to prevent any downtime. I mean, it's invaluable. Those are things that are invaluable. I, I, I love that too. That I mean, that absolutely changes the game from uh, and leads into my next question. Uh, but it but it does change the game of your relationship with your customers because. You know, um, sometimes we're reactive technology advisors. Sometimes we get the opportunity to be proactive. And so another theme that, that has come onto this show has been, um, you know, it, it's we put these technology solutions in place to solve problems. And then these indirect side effects have been some way, shape or form. It's made the company more money, whether it's made them more efficient, it's made them more money. But just simple things like that, uh, you know, I, I have to imagine and, and thus the next question is really how is being able to go to your customers with a technology like this really change the relationship between you and them and improve that? And, and really, how has that changed your business? Yeah, so the way that it's changed my business and improved that relationship with the customer is that more and more technology is an all-encompassing thing. You used to have your phone guy, you would have your cabling guy, you'd have your cell phone guy, you'd have your IT guy. Everybody kind of sit in their own compartment. Everything was compartmentalized. Nobody really talked to each other and everything was, was spread out. But more and more it's becoming the customer has an IT advisor. They have somebody who helps them down the path of where their company needs to go. So inevitably, going back to the original point of, of I just say yes, is if the customer understands that they can go to you with a problem and you resolve it for them and you're not meeting them with, ah, you know, that's not my thing. Uh, you're just going to have to look online or, ah, no, that's not my thing. Sorry. Let's just keep talking about the only thing that I want to talk to you about. You become somebody who is just in a compartment and eventually there's going to be somebody that comes along that answers any and every question they have that always comes back with a solution that always gives them a good way out of a problem that they have, inevitably you're going to be snuffed out. And for us, we were always traditionally phones. About six, seven years ago, we started going to cloud and network and 4G and firewalls and security. And, and about two years ago, I really wanted to make a push toward IoT, uh, wireless, and IT services, being a true MSP. And at the beginning, just bringing it up to my customers, uh, they're like, yeah, you know, we already have somebody who handles our IT stuff, but, you know, we'll, we'll let you know. But more and more as I'm bringing solutions to the table for any and every one of these problems, I'll get an email about once to three times a week that says, hey, do you all do IT stuff too? Can you help me like with my servers and with my computers? And what about, I got this email from my insurance asking me all these cybersecurity questions. Can you help me with that? All of those organically come with a, because I'm so used to saying, yes, I can do it. Yes, bring me another problem. They don't need it right then and there. I don't need to have the confidence to be able to spit everything out. All they need to know is that this paper that's sitting on my desk, that I don't know how to answer Ruben. Can I give it over to you so that you can handle it and it's no longer my problem and I have the confidence that you're going to fix it? That's the key. And that's how it's changed my business is to be able to just encompass anything that the customer has technology-wise, inevitably those people tell other people and the business grows. It's a good story and a good point too. I mean, our our goal, the Tolaris side of the goal, really is we have to enable you, the partner, to be as sticky to your end customers as possible. So I love being able to add in another technology like this that, that 
gives them another reason to call you, another reason to think, well, can anyone Bizcom do that? I wonder if they can. Oh, yeah, turns out they can. There's definitely something they can help you with. I love that. Yeah, you know, and we all know the world is becoming a complicated place. It's a really complicated place. And so often, I mean, even I'm in this tech space and I'll have customers call me with a very specific question. And, you know, it wasn't very long ago that I probably could have answered a similar question being in the field and doing the work. I'm probably about five or six years removed from actually doing the, the real work. And customers come with me a question and I might as well be a deer in the headlights. I have no clue how to answer that question, but other than to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to look into that and I'll get back to you. So imagine a customer who's not in technology, a customer whose job is in manufacturing t-shirts. They have no baseline for the IT issues that are coming to their desk. They need somebody to help them with that. And that's anything from counting the amount of shirts for spoilage to their internet, to their phones, to where they put their data on their backup, on their email. Every problem they see, is just a technology problem. That's what they see it as because that's not their expertise. So if we can be that, I feel like that's really the end goal. Both for Tolaris and then downstream to agents like us. Yeah, I love it. Um, there's a... You mentioned the the inquisitive side of things. Um, there's a book that I always throw. I really should be getting royalties at this point, but I'm I'm bad at negotiating that <laughs> apparently. But uh, it, it it you know I used to be very 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 engineer heavy, very black and white. Uh, but there was a book that got I don't remember how uh, how I found out about it, but it's called Power Questions. And to your point, exactly that it it just teaches you little stories, really short stories about here's what happens in this situation, the real situations. It comes from somebody more of like a financial sales background. But what happens if you go into this deal and into this customer appointment, if you just go with your pre-canned agenda and tell them everything that you think they need to hear and just vomit out all this information versus, your, to your point, be inquisitive, ask questions uh, with the intent of learning and, and figuring it out, and good things always come from them. I think, you know, to your point, you've probably seen this too, I think the customers appreciate when you just ask. They just want to talk. They want to be heard. Yeah, and you know, a lot of it, I've never read any sales books, but I would imagine one of the biggest things on sales is, because I know I did it this weekend to my wife, I had something that was really bothering me, and I brought it up to her, and after I said it, I was like, yeah, that's dumb, why is this bothering me? Like, I, it was in my head, and it made perfect sense, when I verbalized it, that's dumb, I'm doing it stupid, never mind, and then it resolved itself just from my, by me speaking it, and a lot of times, if you just the customers just, they need to they need to let it go. They just need to talk to somebody about it. They need somebody to ask them, what's the process there? And by them saying, hey, it's this process, I have very often, they finish telling me the process, I stare at them for two seconds, and they're like, that's dumb, right? Like, I'm wasting a lot of money by doing that. I'm like, oh, well, you're doing the best that you can at this point. It's good that we're talking about it right now. Let's find a better way to do it. And so a lot of times, just sales-wise, it's just talking. That's all it is, is just talking. And most people realize when they just talk about it that, you know what, there's probably something that can fix this problem, huh? Like, I bet there is. Let's, let's try to find out together. And so that kind of shoulder to shoulder, being a psychiatrist, somebody that you can talk to, a shoulder to cry on, somebody to help them with their business, it creates such a sticky customer that inevitably they realize you're not coming to them to sell. I'm not going to them thinking, I'm going to sell them these five sensors, these four sensors. 
I'm going saying, hey, explain to me what's going on here because I, I feel like uh, there's a lot of stuff happening. What, what does this do? How do you control this? And just that inquisitive nature will inevitably bring it around to a sales process versus, like you say, just canned yeah. idea of what I'm going to go in and talk about. Good points. Uh, as we get kind of close to the end here, you know, we've talked about some sensors. We, you know, we've, we're thinking about people like the Ready Wireless team. We're thinking about the Epic IO team and some of these source guys. Um, has there been any verticals or any specific customer segments that, that you'd advise people to focus on that, that this has been more apt to pick up towards? Yeah, medical for sure. Um, a lot of times medical has um, prescriptions located at their location that they have a refrigerator that it is very important that it stays within a certain temperature. I think the same, I haven't researched most recently, but with the COVID vaccine, I think it's a very specific temperature that it has to stay at or it goes bad. And so medical is a big vertical for that. And then restaurants, again, they'll have a big walk-in freezer full of food that if it goes and if the refrigerator dies, then there's going to be an issue. They're, they're going to have an issue the next morning. And, and that's on the refrigerator side, but then also on other parts is restaurants have sensors, well, I should say these providers have sensors that can serve a restaurant for things like checking temperature as they walk in, how many people come in to be able to determine on a chart, what are the busiest times? What are the longest wait times? All of that information, all of that data for them to be able to come in and see um, can be served through sensors. And so I, I think the restaurant and the medical verticals are ones that are probably best served for things along these lines. Yeah, Good, good point. And, I, I, and we should probably call out, too, that, uh, you know, we've, we've talked sensors and we've talked a lot of these things. And it, it's the then where does that data go? And, I, you know, I think we've seen that it, it goes two ways. It's either A, I, the customer, already have my own uh, BI portal. I already have a place that you can just, if I give me an API, I'll plug it in there. Great. And then the other customers might go, what's an API and what's a BI portal? So those are okay, too, because then we've seen a myriad of providers that say, oh, that's okay. We've got our own portal. You can log right into it. We can create automation, alerts, notifications, all that thing. So, you know, you kind of see it both ways. Yeah, and, and that's super important is all of these carriers, that data, it has API plugins that if, if, if there may be some development involved, but where they can pull that data into a particular ERP software or whatever really database that you're using. And so all of that is, is, is very important. So as we wrap this up, we like to look forward a little bit towards the future. I mean, we're talking about machine learning. I mean, five years ago, when you'd say machine learning nobody could really quantify how we could put that into a product. It was cool and it was sexy and it was exciting. I think now we see, oh, okay, we, we've got sensors, we've got normal patterns, we can detect anomalies. And to your point, we could probably predict anomalies. And so we are really using and have actual use cases of machine learning and call it artificial intelligence to help people benefit their business. So, you know, kind of final thoughts from your side, Ruben, as we wrap where do you think the industry is going? What do you think is next? And really, what do you advise partners to do that maybe haven't stepped into this space yet? Yeah, so my biggest advice to everybody in any space is to be inquisitive. Just be that yes man for your customers. Ask a lot of questions. Inevitably, it's going to lead to opportunities, not only here in the IoT, but it's all across the board. And then as far as 
IoT and machine learning, you know, every single one, that, that word machine learning, you know, you're, you're, the question is, is, how is it learning? Where is it coming? And there's a lot of different ways that it's, that, it, that it's coming. But a lot of what we deal with every day, where we put in our password, and it says click the boats or click the bicycles, all that's doing is, is using a human to teach a machine which ones are bicycles and which ones are buses. And all of that is going toward some type of IoT, something. All of that is data being fed into IoT. And so looking at it as a bigger picture, we're looking at business problems. We've talked about business problems, but even on a larger scale, as we see the turbulence in our world, security, that's the next real big push. We have a lot of customers that are saying, I really need some security systems that will recognize when a white truck comes through or when this license plate comes in our field of view or this person's face or a weapon or they need actionable items based on things that come in and out of, of an area, whether it be through surveillance or some type of sensor that's tripped. And that's really the next frontier, I think, in my opinion, for machine learning and for IoT is really the security aspect of things, whether that be health security or physical security. Um, I would say to keep an eye on that for all the partners, because I'm sure there's customers that really have a, a heightened sense of security for whatever industry they're in. And this can really serve them well in that. I love it. Great stuff. We covered a lot of good things. And uh, I think that brings us to the end. Ruben, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Good conversation. Thanks so much for doing yeah. this. For sure. Looking forward to doing it again. Cool. All right, everybody, that wraps us up for another series, uh, finishing out IoT and machine learning. Ruben Pena, A1 Bizcom, and that brings us to the end. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.